Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to this live stream broadcast interview special. Uh, the theme's going to be thinking outside the box. And I'm here with, I think it's fair to say, an old friend who's become a new friend. Uh, and I'll tell you about him in a moment. Uh, we're streaming simultaneously live on LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, my Facebook page, and Disruptive Entrepreneur Community. So what about 300,000 people this will reach? Um, whatever channel you're on, make sure you subscribe. I know a lot of people watch the channels but haven't yet subscribed. Make sure you subscribe on the channel that you're on. So I'm in the privileged position to be interviewed by Pete Cohen. Uh, Pete, he is concentrating. He's also sharing this on his social platforms, as you can see. Um, so Pete Cohen uh, has a, a podcast called My365, and My is spelt M-I, M-I-365. Uh, Pete's done a couple of very kind things for me recently. One of them we can't announce yet, and I'm very grateful to him. And we actually met in 2006 because I was on a reality TV show called Get a Life. I was one of the mentor coaches. It was billed as the next big thing, the next big, big brother on living. And Pete came in as one of the guest experts. He was the mindset coach expert. And we, we got on well then and hit it off and exchanged details and then reconnected about 15 years later. It was very random and weird. I think we stayed in touch a little bit. Anyway, I don't want to do long intros because it's not about me. This is Pete's show. Um, so, Pete, I am your humble servant for as long as you need me. Rob, thank you so much. It is all about you, actually, because I'm now excited to expose you to the people that follow me. Because I think in life, you we all need to be careful. It's very easy to follow way too many people. But you're mm. someone who I have definitely been following uh, for some time because you're a disruptor. And I believe that disruptors are needed more than ever because the old ways of doing so many things just don't work. And disruption seems to be the only way we seem to be able to wake people up. It's like we need a crisis or a disaster or something, a prognosis in order for people to wake up and go, hang on, maybe I need to change. So Rob, I think the first thing I would love to ask you is, why do you think we need disruption so much? Well, to me, what disruption is, is forced evolution. And I believe that evolution, um, whilst I can't say it's the only function of humanity, it's got to be one of the main functions of humanity. You know, if I think about the purpose of humanity um, on, on a wider level, not on an individual, individual level, on a wider level, um, it must be to evolve, to grow, to adapt to our environment, to survive. And what disruption, I suppose, is, is, is you forcing that, you know, you, you forcing the mm. hand of change. Um, 
But I had a really good chat with a friend of mine, Ryan Pinnock, and we were talking about, the, you know, the pivot, the great pivot. Everyone's been talking about the word pivot. And, and I think in the early weeks of the lockdown, I thought, you know what, we have pivoted and we've disrupted our industry in that we've taken all of our um, physical courses and put them online and created a good pricing strategy, fair exchange, new bonus strategy. We've created new products and services for the new environment. And then I sat back a few weeks later, I thought, wait a minute, is that a pivot? Is that disruption? Or is that just natural evolution and creativity and adapting to a marketplace? Mm. Um, so I, I think that I'm a big believer, if you don't disrupt yourself, someone else will, whether it's a, <laughs> you know, a virus we don't expect or some horrible um, stuff with race and you know, with stuff that's going on in the world. Um, so I asked my guests at the end of, I've had nearly 100 guests in about 550 episodes of my podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur, and I asked my guests every single time, what does disruptive mean to you? And if I could say it's forced evolution, they would probably say it's challenging the norm, the status quo. It's you know having the courage to, to stand at the front and instill change, even when you get resistance. It's about not settling, not getting comfortable. I know it's a bit of a long-winded answer, but that would be my holistic answer to what disruptive means. You know, you say so many things there that sets my mind like fireworks because there's just so many things like Pandora's box. Okay, let's talk about this now because you've spoken something which massively uh, resonates with me. You, you said about forced evolution, and I was listening to uh, Jim Rohn yesterday talking about how you know, human beings are the only animals that seem to kind of stunt our own growth. You know, a tree doesn't stop and go, well, I've had enough. I can't be bothered. It's like everything in nature has this innate desire or wh whatever it is, something in it that it just has to grow. It has to uh, express itself fully. And I think where you and I are quite alike is that we're almost addicted to growth, where it's almost bordering on quite dangerous <laughs> because... There is this necessity. Do you think that that's something that you were born with? Or is that something that you think that you've picked up along the way, this, this desire to go and create and make a difference and uh, inspire people and disrupt? I couldn't say for sure. What I can say for sure is one of my highest values, like in the top two or three, is uh, growth and progress. So to feel that I'm making more of a difference, that I'm developing as a person, that I'm maybe moving forward, seeking some kind of variety, adventure, freedom, what, you know, encapsulate that. I, I, when I actually write down what my highest values are, I, I write growth and progress. Yeah. And I certainly believe that values um, can be born into you. Um, I haven't got the science for that yet, but I've not found the need to, to, to study the science of that. But certainly there's other things that in, impact your values, like your environment, your parenting or your primary carers, yeah. you know, the media that you put into your brain, et cetera, significant emotional events that happen. Let's say money's comfortable and then you go bankrupt. Well, money's going to go high up, higher up on your values list, likely, because it's yeah. going to be more important to you because you lack it. And generally what, what I found through my research is that we tend to value what we have a void in. So we feel like we value things that are most important to us in life. But in reality, often it's because we don't have enough of it in our own perception. 
So for me, growth and progress is high on my values because I clearly don't feel self-actualized yet. I don't feel done. I don't feel finished. I don't Ooh. feel complete. And that's a that's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, I'm always reading, listening to audio books, listening to podcasts, you know, putting my content out to the world like you, Pete, and hungry to make a difference and all of that kind of stuff. But I'm restless. I'm, I'm very rarely content and satisfied. I, you know, I don't really, my critics can say what they want because I'm a more harsh critic to myself than they could ever be. Yeah. So, so that's certainly a double-edged sword. Um, yeah. I think values are born and I think they evolve over time. Yeah, so two big things which come out of that for me. But just first off, for anyone who doesn't know Rob, just do yourself a favor, follow him. Not literally follow him. That would be a bit weird. But listen to his podcast. I mean, your podcast is amazing. The Disruptor Ultra, the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. Uh, it's hugely popular. It's absolutely amazing. You've interviewed some incredible people. You're always looking for answers uh, to empower people. But one of the things I think is so beautiful about you, and I really don't mind using that word, is how open you are about who you are and you're vulnerable. And vulnerability is not something that many men, I believe, are particularly good at showing. The fact that, look, I'm not perfect. Because when you were talking, Rob, I was thinking, well, how much of you is well, who you are today is because of the challenges that you faced growing up, which you openly uh, you know, talk about? Um, how much of who you are is because of that? And how much of who you are today is because dis dis despite that? Or is it because of this natural innate talent? So let me ask you this question. If you haven't have had the childhood that you had, do you think you would be as, as successful uh, as you are today, with all the businesses, with all the money that you've made, all the ideas you've come up with, the books that you've written, do you think you would, this is a long question, by the way, a long way of getting around to a question, do you think you would be who you are today, have had the success that you've had today, if you hadn't have had the, the challenging childhood that you had? No, I don't think I'd be who I am today. I'd be someone different. Yeah. And I like to think that, that person who's different would have found another way to be successful. Um, let's define success first, Pete, because that's a challenging yeah. one. So I think if you're doing something you're inspired to do that you feel passionate about, that you feel you could have a mission and a cause towards, um, that you could do for a long time and keep having that renewed um, and ongoing passion and enthusiasm, I think you're a successful person. Yeah. And I, I do feel a bit uncomfortable with being called, you know, a success, not uncomfortable that you, you're saying it, Pete, but you know, I know lots of billionaires and, and if you compare money, I'm nowhere near them. I'm not a billionaire. Um, so what I think has happened to me is um, being a really overweight kid and um, feeling very ostracized and alone um, and um, unnoticed and unvalued and not respected at a key stage in my life. You know, when I got interested in girls, when you you start to gain a sense of self in your you're moving into your early teens that era, that part of my life was really emotionally hard for me now i yeah. just want to say i you know i didn't die because of my color and you know i've not been persecuted and i am very privileged if if you think yeah. about lucking out being born in this century of being a white male of my age probably lucked out more than anyone so i'm not playing a violin here pete i think i've had a very good life but that's my story and you're asking and that's my pain. Um, and I never really got over it. Uh, and I, I see the upside and downside in that. So my yeah. therapist says to me, 
She sees the adult me, the guy that's done 15 years of personal development, spent hundreds of thousands on courses, built, you know, done hundreds of millions in, in sales, written all the books and the podcasts and built his, his little empire in doing the thing that he loves. And she sees this strong, confident adult entrepreneur. And she said, and I also see this young, vulnerable boy. And she sees both sides of me. And she even says, oh, Rob, that's the young you. That's that's the, 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 the childhood boy coming out. And then she says, oh, that's the mature, confident, strong adult you. So I'm almost in a way like these, this sort of split personality, this young, vulnerable kid who's still trying to be noticed, admired, respected. And that comes through my work. Why would I write so many books? Why would I do so many podcasts? If I didn't want to still gain some form of value and respect and admiration, and I'm open about that because it's a yeah. driver. Um, so I think they're both driving me. And, and I, I've done a lot of personal. I know you're huge into mindset, Pete. You know, Pete, I know you've coached so many very famous people, in fact. Um, <laughs> and I've done a lot of work on that to try and not see my upbringing as a weakness that I'm fucked up, that I am useless. And I've actually started to love that about myself. I'm still working on it. I, I've got a long way to go. But um, the fact that I, I want to be noticed, respected, valued, I used to think that was a weakness and I was needy. And now I know, well, that's my driver to put podcasts and books and content and, yeah. and, and training out to the world. And without that inner driver, I wouldn't care about that. I just go and buy more properties down Peterborough like I've been doing for years. Yeah. But so, it's so, so it's yeah. So, so just to summarize then, I suppose my therapist has identified, I feel a bit weird saying my therapist. People always chuckle when I say, you know, my therapist, because Americans sort of like brag about it. Like, oh, yeah, I've got my therapist. I'm still getting comfortable saying that. But I do I agree with that you do say it because people need help. If you think you're going to get through this world on your own, you've got no chance. If you want to, let's be honest, right? If you are going to thrive, you're going to be fulfilled, you know, in all ways, you're going to need some help. There's just, I don't, I don't see any other way. I've never met any, you've met all these billionaires and you've spoken to them. How many of them have therapists or, or coaches or people that they, that Mentors. they speak to? Sorry? Yeah, mentors. Yeah, just Vital someone. To have yeah, on, I mean, so the thing is, where, where you want to go, you've never been. And if you go alone, you're walking in the dark. And in the dark, you feel lonely and you get lost. Whereas if you walk a route that's dark for you, with someone who's been down that route many times before and they have a torch and they know the way, you're not lost and you're not lonely. Now, you can translate lost and lonely into educated and, you know, yeah. got the strategies and tactics you need, you know, however you look at it. Um, standing on the shoulders of giants, I think, is vital. Letting someone else blaze the trail. My business partner says all the time, I hate being first. I'm never first. I want someone else to go in first, make all the mistakes. I'll watch them and I'll learn from their mistakes. And like people have made mistakes in life, people have made mistakes in business, people have, have figured those out and been successful. And, and, and all a therapist has done is worked with a lot of people who've got struggles too and figured out some commonalities and been trained by others who've trained others who've seen broken people. Although yeah. it's important to say I'm not broken and people who go to therapists aren't broken. We just like when it comes to entrepreneurship, I'm confident, I am certain, I am the most certain in entrepreneurship, in anything 
that I do. And in fact, you line me up against a lot of people who are good at stuff. And I think I'd have more certainty about my me being an entrepreneur than they would being a sports personality. Yeah. Just in my in my younger life growing up, when I had the such strong emotions at that time, that I'm, I'm less certain there. My therapist always says to me, Rob, you hide behind your work. I know you love your work, but you hide behind your work. And you know who you are and you know your identity when you're an entrepreneur. But when you take that away, who are you? She keeps saying, when you take that all away, who are you? And I don't fucking know yet. I'm still trying to you're working. You're you're working on that, and there's always some work to do. And you and you say that all with a with a with such a, a smile on your face. I just think that when you were talking, I was thinking how as we evolve, we want to continue to enjoy our life, and perhaps to enjoy our life a little bit more. We we still need to work on some of the things, some of the ideas, some of the ways of being that perhaps don't serve us, but we don't need them anymore. But I wanted to ask you because this is about you know this podcast is about looking, thinking outside the box. And already you've said so many things, which I think is kind of outside the box in terms of like working on yourself. But give me your definition of uh, entrepreneur. What does that actually mean to be an entrepreneur? Hi, it's Rob here, interrupting you with something you may not know about me. I was one of the few people on the planet hand-selected by Facebook to pilot their new supporter program. It's a very small premium model where you can get exclusive content and advance notice or discount of new products and services. So this is what I've done for you. Not only can you get best discounts, for any training that we might run. Not only do you get notified first of any launches we do, we also do supporter meetups, supporter dinners, supporter WhatsApp groups where you have a a deeper community. I do supporter only ask me anything. I do supporter only content and podcasts. We have a community of 2,500 supporters and I'd love to give you the chance to be one of those. I believe this is the best supporter program in the whole world. Find me a better one, but I don't think you will. So the link is bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. That's bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. I believe the gap between free content and paid content is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's a lot of free content out there that's maybe not that good. And for just a few dollars a month, you can get the best content on business, on entrepreneurship, on starting up, on scaling up, on sales, on marketing, on the mindset of being an entrepreneur. So go to bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R right now. Well, if you define it properly, the dictionary definition, someone who takes risk in the hope of profit. So an entrepreneur is someone who takes risks without the comfort and security of a regular paycheck in the pursuit of profit. I would add, I would take hope out because I don't think hope is a good strategy. So an entrepreneur is someone who has a strategy to take risks in the pursuit of making a difference and profit. So entrepreneurs solve problems, entrepreneurs create, make things happen, you know, create economy, jobs, commerce, etc. cetera. Um, but we're prepared to take risks. Um, we have some courage to go where maybe other people haven't gone before. Um, we, we want to create change. We want to make a difference. Uh, we probably want some kind of freedom and autonomy, not always, but often. Um, but if you look at the def- dictionary definition, it's um, 
taking a risk in the hope of profit. So someone told me that it also means, like an ancient meaning of it comes from a Sanskrit word, which means an inner feeling of certain things that you just have to do. And I also just thought, wow, that's a really good way of putting an, an entrepreneur because you have to be driven by something that is almost bigger than yourself, more important than you. And that's what I see in you, Rob. I, you know, I saw you speak at that event in Brighton and I, I've never seen you speak. And I was literally, I remember just, I was gobsmacked, to be honest, because I saw someone who was so themselves, you know? I'm sure there were moments perhaps where you were self-conscious, I don't know, but what I saw is someone is talking about something that he is so passionate about, and it was coming through to everyone. You had everyone in the room look like just literally listening and being receptive to your, not just your message, but something more than that, you know? And I suppose my question around that is, if that were true, that, you know, the, the, the root, meaning of entrepreneur is an inner feeling, an inner sense of something that you have to do. I think maybe you've already answered it, but how would you answer that? What is it that you are here to do? What is it that you want, as uh, Stephen Covey would say, what do you want the legacy of your life to have been? Okay, so I like that meaning too, Pete, but I think the challenge is you could have the perception that you need to be passionate about something, some niche. When in fact, many entrepreneurs have multiple businesses in multiple niches, as I do. So there's something wider than a passion for something, unless something is something. Yeah. So for me, I, I love creation. I love taking an idea that turns into a product that creates a fair exchange environment that creates a commercial outcome and makes a difference. Yeah. And I could do that in 50 niches, Pete. And I could have yeah. 50 podcasts and I could write 50 books. So I think we've got to be careful with passion because I'm a, I mean, the origin of passion, I think the word, it has a pain derivative, not just a pleasure derivative. Yeah. We'd have to, yeah. we'd have to uh, yeah. do some more research on that, but I'm pretty sure it does. Um, so extreme pleasure actually leads to pain. So I think it's important to have a passion for your niche or business, um, but I think it's important to also have a commercial eye. Um, a desire to serve, a desire to solve and fix problems. I know a lot of passionate people who, as soon as it gets hard, they're out and, and they're actually not passionate about fixing things. As an entrepreneur, things break all the time and you have to be a fixer. I, I, I literally don't go a day without fixing 10 problems. So that, that's to just address the definition, the passion. I, I, I totally get that. I'm 100% behind you. And I suppose that would be really good just to come on to. Let's just go back a few months, right? So tell us about when you became aware of, uh, you know, the C word. Uh, and what was, what did you initially think was going to happen? And how did you, how have you dealt with this? And what impact has that had? Because I had a conversation with you and I was quite blown away by how you've managed to deal with this situation. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So um, before I answer that virus question, I want to answer the second part of your question, Pete, because I want to make sure I don't leave any stone unturned. Because you asked me essentially, you know, what's my passion? Essentially, you asked me, what's my mission? I'm yeah. really clear about that. I want to help as many people on this planet get a better financial education to start and scale their businesses, ultimately, especially young and underprivileged people. 
that's you know what the, the moving I'm moving towards that as a main focus. So I want to help as many people on this planet get a better financial education and start and scale their business. That okay. is my okay. mission. So if you, I want you to say that again, one second, but I want anyone who is interested in that to take some action to follow Rob and the many things that he has on offer to help you with that education. Can you just say that once again, please? I want to help as many people on this planet um, get a better financial education and start and scale their business. Uh, and then as I grow this, it, I will focus more on young and underprivileged people. Yeah. Um, as you know, as I become more global and I can um, give back a lot, I have my own foundation, the Rob Moore Foundation. So if you look at everything I've done, written the book Money, written the book Start Now, Get Perfect Later, written the book I'm Worth More, I have the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast, I have the Money Podcast, I have a progressive property, the property training business, I have a, um, a progressive success personal development training business. You know, I, I own properties and rent them out to people. All of that links to financial education, start and scale your business, make a difference on a, on a global scale. Um, so now back to the virus, which was, I, I think, what you meant by the C word, unless I've yeah. mis misunderstood that. Um, so I was in denial in the early days, um, but I wasn't in denial and doing nothing about it. And this is an important distinction. Yeah. So something that's good and bad about me is I, I never rest on my laurels and I never get complacent. I just not in business, not in entrepreneurship. I just don't. So even though I was like, there's no way we're all going to get shut in our houses. Um, you know, we're all going to get put on quarantine. There's just no way that's going to happen. I couldn't see it. Um, and someone, someone said to me when we were having a dinner and she called it maybe 10 days before I did. She was like, you need to get ready because we, in, in a few weeks, we're not leaving our house. And I left that dinner and I thought, no fucking way. But I immediately went home and made a plan B and then a plan C and then a plan D. And I just kept talking about it with my MD and my business partner. I was like, I, I can't see it, but we need to be ready. I can't see it, but we need to be ready. So my first thing was, okay, um, what if we can't do as many events? What if we have to cancel our big, big ones? How can we replace the revenue? How can we replace the reach? What would we do? What online courses could we do? Should they be live streams or webinars? What, what software do we need? What platforms do we need? What courses are going to translate well onto online courses? What aren't? Let's focus on those. What trainers do I think will sell and convert um, the message that they do face-to-face -face onto online? Because some people are good face-to-face -face, but not so good online. I know you're standing up, Pete, because you get you need your energy even though you're on a live stream. And, and a lot of people don't get that distinction. And I had to figure all these things out. And in the back of my mind, I was like, there's no way we're going to be quarantined for three months. It just does never happen. But, but I didn't have, I, I was never complacent enough. And, and I was getting up at three in the morning and making these plans. Part of it is to keep my business partner at peace because he's a warrior. But part of it was so I was ready. And then when it happened, um, I immediately went into the, the office and I had to let 12 of our staff go. We had, we had 95 when this kicked off. And like I've, I've never had to let a staff member go unless there's been a non-fit or, you know, just have yeah. to let a staff member go because it's an individual issue. I've never had to make a staff member redundant or, you know, have a situation out of my control. And we went in and we had to get a spreadsheet of our 95 staff. We had to go through every single one and go, keep, let go, keep, let go. And that was hard 
Um, yeah. And we all, we all found that hard. And we did that because we had to save the greater good. And, and that proved to me I could make those strong decisions because those decisions, strong decisions, a lot of people can't make. Um, and then the furloughing came in and we brought them all back. And that was great. So then we actually didn't have to make anyone redundant. And I felt like we were gifted for our surety of decision making. Yeah. Um, and in the first nine weeks of the lockdown, what are we in week 10 now? We created nine new online courses, two new online masterminds. They didn't even exist 10 weeks ago. Um, and and um, from, uh, on those individual programs, we've done about 2.6, 2.65, maybe 2.7 million in revenue. Um, and last month we, in our two training businesses, we made 235,000 net profit. Now, I'm not going and spraying that money around town. You know, that money needs to be um, stockpiled. Um but I mean, our overhead before the lockdown was nearly eight hundred thousand a month, um, and I'm just talking about my training, two training businesses at the moment, Pete, not all the other co- companies I'm in. I have interest in, and there was every chance that we could lose five, six, seven hundred grand a month. There was every chance we could just do no sales and lose all that money, um, and so to not only not lose it, but to make a um, you know a, a good chunky profit and serve a wider community and by the way i was doing three live videos a day and you ask any of my followers they're like rob was on it on the lockdown he was supporting us he was doing extra content he was doing more live streams more webinars more free content than he's ever done he does a lot i had to make a commercial decision i have to run a business but i also doubled on the output of my content that by the way pete as well i had there was a very selfish motive there in that that was my therapy to get through a very scary time. None, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, I reckon the only thing that's probably been harder must have been the Second World War. But since the Second World War, what have human beings had to deal with on a global level that's this hard and uncertain? Um, and, and in all this, Pete, I, I got quite a, 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 a paradoxical kick out of it. I now have nine online courses that I can sell globally. Um, they're, they're likely to do tens, if not hundreds of millions in the next few years. They're done. And, and, and like when you do a physical face-to-face course over a weekend, that's not done. You have to do another one the next weekend and another one the next weekend, and you have 40 people in a room. Well, I created an online podcast course and an online webinars course, and we've done online property courses. They're done now. could sell a million of them if there's the demand is there. Um, I feel like I'm more robust, more experienced as a business owner. I've been through now probably two recessions and one virus um and i'm still standing and i might have a couple more gray hairs but um yeah I, like there was a point in the in the lockdown and I, I don't know if, i don't know if it was a week before or maybe a week after it was definitely in that two week window pete where i got this little epiphany that was like the fact that this is really fucking hard for everyone else gives me a great opportunity to prove what i'm made of yeah. So I, I I think disruptive can also be observe the masses do the opposite. I think it can be be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. I think it can be think different. And so you know when the world was scared, when the world was being furloughed, when businesses were shutting down left, right, and centre, and when there was a lot of vitriol and trolling on social media and a lot of criticism of anyone who has a business you know at this time with everything that's going on in the world you should what you shouldn't be running a business 
Um, I just felt like this is my opportunity to shine and show the world what I'm made of. Because when it's easy, it's easy for everyone and you don't get a chance to stand out and shine. Yeah. And I, I, got a little, I got a little awakening and epiphany, like I said, early doors. And that gave me some real energy. Um, I didn't maintain the 3 a.m. till 9 p.m. the whole lockdown. That probably ended after week five. I'm back to sort of 5 a.m. again now, Pete. And I'm back to getting getting to bed at nine. Um, but yeah, that that's my lockdown in in summary, I suppose. So I want to say first off, thank you very much for sharing that. So much in that, and I also want to say, you know, when we reconnected recently, it was when the virus was just starting to, you know, people were talking about it. it was, we were aware of it, and I asked you a couple of questions, and you inspired me so much. Um, and it was about serving. So I just, especially with the, with the COVID, I just decided to serve more, thro uh, throw up every day, show up every day, and yeah. just, be more consistent with a few other things. And my podcast went into the top 10 with mental health. Um, and I, I think a large part of that had to do with you because you just fired me up to realize, look, hey, you've, you've got to step up here because you're right. You know, what doesn't break you can, it sounds like a, you know, a corny line, but it, it can make me and make all of us. And I would really encourage anyone that wants to disrupt what they're doing in a positive way, especially if you want the education about how to grow a business. You know, because Rob doesn't just talk about this stuff. He's living proof uh, with, with everything he's done. But I get the feeling, Rob, what's, what is going to define you isn't what you've done. It's actually what you are still uh, going to do, right? Yeah, the best is definitely most yet to come. And um, I also know how you support a fantastic football team just like <laughs> me who are going to win their first game and Man City are going to lose and Liverpool will be crowned champions after 30 years. There's no virus that could stop that. <laughs> um, Rob, I really, really want to thank you. There's so many more questions I would like to ask you. But you know what? Everyone, go and listen to his podcast. It's amazing. Uh, go and follow uh, Rob. What's the best way, would you say, for people to connect with you? Um, so my podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur, if you like podcasts, and then whatever social media channel you enjoy, I'm pretty prolific on YouTube, very prolific on Facebook, uh, Instagram as well. If you search my name, Rob Moore, you can find my books and all my content. I do videos every day, put content out every day. I have been doing for years. I will continue for years. I just want to say, Pete, you know, thank you for acknowledging our conversation about serving because I remember getting taught probably 15 years ago, if you, if, you know, if you want more value in your life, give more value to others. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the more that you give, the more that you get. And when you've got problems, that's hard. That's easy to say and put on a meme or a quote, you know, the more you give, the more you get. But the challenge is when you, you have your own problems. And when you have your own problems, it's hard to serve first because you're thinking, I've got to sort my own shit out. But I knew if I doubled and tripled down on my live feeds, I put more content in my supporter program, uh, you know, and I, I, I put more podcast episodes out. I went from two a week to three a week. I knew that if I put enough out there, I'd build up enough goodwill such that when I put courses out, people would buy them. And, and I felt good um, that I would get back the value that I gave out. Yeah. It's also great therapy because if you're struggling and in pain and things are hard, I think it feels great to serve. 
Um, and then when you serve and you feel better, then you're more armed to sort your own shit out. So there's like a very reflexive, positive nature in that. Well, you so, know, yeah, I do know. Well, you know, uh, you know, there's many books that you and I have, are both fans of, but we, I know we've briefly spoken about Think and Grow Rich and Napoleon Hill saying in 1937, from all of the, the millionaires who would now be billionaires if it was this, this era, you know, saying that the era of the go-getter has gone. It's the era of the go-giver. How can I give? How can I serve? And you are a fantastic example of that. And uh, that's why I have so much love for you. I was watching you on LinkedIn, actually, and I was seeing what you were doing. And I was seeing, wow, he's actually going back and he's replying to every single comment. And there are a lot of comments. And I can tell it's you. It's just obvious it's you. And that inspires me to do more of what I do. So I'm very grateful. And I want to know, what is your biggest takeaway from what Rob has just shared with all of us? What's your biggest takeaway? Share it with us. Uh, share it with him, you know, reach out to him and tell him and connect with him if you want to, if you're in business and you want to scale your business and understand what you need to know, that there's so much that Rob offers. He is like the one-stop shop, I would say, for scaling your business, scaling your mind in the, the field of entrepreneurship and and learning from other uh, millionaires, billionaires who have, who have done some amazing things. So Rob, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. You're brilliant. And uh, you'll, you. never walk, you'll never walk alone. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, see you. Boom, boom. we'll see you yeah. uh, next time for another My365 podcast. Go and follow Rob. Not now, but right now. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Rob. I'll go and reply to some of the comments as well when I get a, I get a minute. So. <laughs>